politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hey, 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 welcome into the Mark Harvard Podcast. I am the aforementioned Mark Harvard, and I'm hoping that my voice is going to handle this show today. There's a lot of exciting things going on, but at the same time, I'm just getting over some drainage, you know, the allergy stuff going through. Every year this time uh, of year, I always end up losing my voice in some way, which at first my wife is thankful for the uh, for the peace around the house. But uh, after a few minutes, after, you know, after a little bit, she realizes that I can't, you know, tell our kid to go do stuff and or reply to anything when she's saying something. And it becomes more of a hassle for her at that point. So for the most part, she, you know, she she hates it, too, for the most part at this point. But anyway, so I'm hoping my voice is going to hold out for the show today because, I, you know, last last week we took, we took last week off because we did two shows the weekend before because we were live from the Celebrate the Family Expo. And um, I've been getting out of, out of the out of the studio a little bit lately. That was that was an amazing time. I'm so thankful for everybody I got to meet and everybody that that uh, that came up and said hi. That was a lot of fun. Also, last night, I actually got to speak to the men's ministry at uh, at uh, the Fairview Free Will Baptist Church over in Moody. And that was a lot of fun as well. Uh, that was a crowd. That, that was probably one of the more engaged crowds that I've, I've actually gotten to get up in front of. And uh, they had a, they, you know, they had some good questions for me, too. But I got I, I shared my testimony. I got up and uh, we talked a little bit about how God is with you through the bad times as well as the good times. And we talked about how sometimes, uh, you know, God, um, his plan may not end up looking the way that your plan does. But even though it's really easy to take credit for good things in our lives, ourselves, and blame God for bad things, they're all part of his plan. And he's walking beside us the entire way. So we talked about that. It was a lot of fun. You know, if you'd like me to come out to your church group, uh, you know, in the Birmingham area or the... uh, you know, in the in the central Alabama area, driving distance. Uh, let me know. Send me an email. Mark M A R K at markharvardcreative.com. Uh, Mark at markharvardcreative.com. Uh, you can also just send me a a, a a message through Facebook or or Twitter or any of those uh, outlets. Speaking of outlets, before we get totally into this, um, we've started up a new aspect of the podcast, and that is a visual. Part we launched the uh, the YouTube channel this week, and uh, over the summer we're gonna be doing some cool stuff there. Some late little little two minute long segments, just little bite size, uh, you know, one story things. Um, throughout the summer we've got uh, just one or two things up right now. But uh, go by and do me a favor, subscribe to it, and uh, do the little thumbs up thing on the on the videos, and also uh, hit the little bell thing so you get notified whenever a new piece of content gets posted. It's just something I'm doing for the summer, because I'm out of school. As of yesterday, I finished my last my last final. I'm out of school, and uh, you know, my, my summer hours are crazy. Lots to do with the church, and lots to do just, you know, in, in life, but uh, at the same time, I've got a little freedom, so I'm wanting to, to really do some cool stuff uh, with the podcast here, and with you guys. Um, speaking of cool stuff, Let's just jump right on in. Have you heard about this? Um, Charles Barkley. You know, this guy has got a reputation, uh, good and bad, from being on the court uh, with the NBA years ago. He was part of the miracle team that went over to uh, over to the Olympics and with Jordan and, 
and Pippin and all that crowd. And he did fantastic. So he's from Leeds, Alabama. And I used to actually work in the city of Leeds. I know his legacy with Leeds. I know he, up until his mother passed away, he came and visited her regularly. And uh, his mother still lived actually in uh, one of the poorer sections of Leeds, but wouldn't move because she said that was her home. So Charles came through and just, he remodeled the whole place she was living in, made it like the nicest place in the area because he wanted to take care of his mother, but she didn't want to leave her friends and everything. So anyway, his, his heart's in the right place. And according to a social media post from the Leeds City School System this past Tuesday, the former NBA MVP has donated $1,000 to all employees of the school system for their efforts throughout COVID-19. That is huge. One thing, it's something he did not have to do at all. Nobody would have ever you know, expected him to do this. But... They say they are humbled and wish to express their their sincere gratitude to Charles Barkley providing a $1,000 gift to each and every Leeds City School employee for going the extra mile this school year. And I got to tell you, from, from friends of mine that are educators that I've had to get through this year, and I've heard a lot of their, a lot of their frustration, a lot of their hardship. Um, it's not just the kids that are frustrated, guys. It's the parents. I mean, it's the uh, teachers, too. They, uh, they want to teach your kid. And when they can't have your kid right in front of them, it makes everything so much harder. So, yeah, a lot of teachers have gone the extra mile. And Charles just wanting to give back. Totally earning the, uh, the, the title of Sir Charles. Absolutely earning that title. So, so yeah, good on you, Mr. Charles Barkley. Uh, speaking of things that are kind of, they're kind of old, um... Not that he's old. Well, yeah, he is. He is kind of old. But speaking of things that um, are from the past that you remember from your childhood, remember, um, I don't know if you had this when you were in in elementary school. I had this when I was, I guess, first, second grade. And that's when a lot of schools were were instituting reading campaigns. They wanted kids to learn how to read and, and you know, read recreationally. They wanted kids to be able to do that. And so they launched this thing in conjunction with Pizza Hut, and it was called Book It. Do you remember that? The Book It campaign? And what it would do, what it would be is you, every time you'd read a book, you'd get your teacher, your teacher to sign off on it, and when you filled up your card, you got a free personal pizza. Which, I mean, you know, you take that home to your parents, say, Mom, can we go to Pizza Hut? I want to play video games, and here's a free pizza here for us. Um, however... Um, this, this program actually ended up, uh, tanking after a while, uh, after the nineties hit, uh, kids just, you know, it wasn't a big deal anymore. So the program kind of went away and they're bringing it back. According to a press release, uh, kids get signed up for the program. Pizza Hut will now email them because it wasn't a thing before email them reading recommendations and fun summer activities and parents can then log into the book it database to log their kids reading and keep track of all their books read during the summer months and of course when kids meet their reading goal they get a certificate for a free one topping personal pan pizza so that's pretty cool and there are also some uh, they're selling book it shirts for ten dollars if you're a nostalgia 90s kid yeah right now they're sold out but they're there i won't tell you how i know they're sold out um but yeah, they say it's, it was an integral part of the heyday of Pizza Hut and marketing and all that. So they're bringing that back now. Let me give you a quick, uh, a quick, I guess a quick story from the childhood of Mark. So imagine little Mark back in the day. Uh, this is elementary school Mark. 
And I just, I wasn't keeping up with the books that I, I guess I should have read. So I told the teacher that reading for, for prizes took the fun out of reading. And she got off my back about it. Yeah, it told, she couldn't, I guess she wasn't ready for me to make an argument at, at, you know, first grade. But I made a debatable argument and she couldn't tell me I was wrong. And so she totally got off my back on it. Now, granted, you know, I'm the one that ended up losing in the big scheme of things because I ended up not getting to read a lot of, you know, re really great books. But at the same time, I want bragging rights. And when you're a kid that age, bragging rights are everything. You feel like you've outsmarted a teacher and that is awesome. Uh, not, not, and granted, maybe I shouldn't have been that hard on that teacher. Um, in just a little bit, we're actually going to talk about a, a story when we get back from the break. A story about a teacher that, mad put her, her everything she had on the line to help a student. And it really does show you the type of dedication and the type of compassion that comes from teachers. That's coming up in just a little bit. Also, we've, we're going to talk about TV marriages. What were the top TV marriages? We've got a, a list that I want to go down. But uh, in the meantime, be thinking about what your favorite TV marriage was. Was it uh, Marge and Homer Simpson? Was it uh, Dick Van Dyke? Was it uh, Claire and, and, and Bill Huxtable uh, or Cliff Huxtable? I mean, who was it? Who were, the, who were your favorite TV marriages? We're going to get into that in just a few but before the break, before we go to the break, I want to bring up this. Got some, I've got some fresh, hot news that I just came up, up across. And I sent the link to my friend Stephanie, whose brain is melting right now. Because there is a huge reunion, a huge TV reunion happening. And everyone should be excited about it. No, I don't mean friends. Yes, I've seen the trailer. And I'm kind of antsy on how this is going to go with them. But no, this is something else. Parks and Recreation... The band Mouse Rat from the from the show Parks and Rec. Andy Dwyer, or rather, uh, or rather Chris Pratt, you know, Chris Pratt's character Andy Dwyer. He led a, a band called called Mouse Rat, and they were the the force behind such such classics as Five Thousand Candles in the Wind or The Pit. They are getting back together to do a full length album. <laughs> <laughs> Their debut album, The Awesome Album, will also feature appearances from local saxophone legend Duke Silver and Wilco frontman Jeff Tweedy, who was actually in what should have been the, the series finale for Parks and Rec at the uh, Freedom Fest. Uh, they're tying in everything they can with this thing. They're bringing Rent-A-Swag in on this, uh, Tom's Bistro. They're bringing in Entertainment 720 as a hype machine for this uh, for this project. You can actually pre-order it. I'm going to put the link over on the uh, on the, uh, the the podcast Facebook page in just a few minutes. Uh, you can pre-order this thing, and I am excited. You can get T-shirts. You can get... Uh, and on vinyl, you get as a cassette. I know, right? You can get it. And, and, of course, the digital download. I am excited about this. I'm pretty sure you will be, too. Because um, I'm going to make 5,000 Candles in the Wind into my cell phone ringtone. Yeah. I'm I'm that kind of excited. So, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome, you, you guys. Yeah, I love when shows break that third and fourth wall. And bring things that shouldn't exist into, into reality. It's kind of like when uh, How I Met Your Mother. Anytime they would mention a website for one of their ridiculous schemes, that website actually existed for a time. Like they'd be selling Lily Lily Aldrin's uh, wardrobe 
online, and so her husband would make a website, and he would say the website address, and that website actually existed. Like, they made the website to go along with the episode. Yeah, I'm so on board with that. That's huge. So stick around, and coming up in a few, we're going to talk about a teacher that went the extra mile to help a student that a lot of people would not have bothered to help. And also, the seven best television marriages. That's coming up as well. Stick around for all of that. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Like to welcome a brand new sponsor to the podcast. It's Old World Lumiere Candle Company. And these guys are great. You, you know, you want your home to smell good. And sometimes that's a little harder than other times. Especially when you're like me, you got a four-year-old and a dog and two cats. And, uh, you know, your house is under constant construction. Um, but these things are fantastic. We've got them in our home, and you should have them in yours. There are all kinds of different scents. There's fruity. There's fresh and floral. There's herbal and earthy candles. There's food and drink ones. Let me just go down this food and drink. Because, guys, these aren't your normal, you know, old lady candles you're going to find somewhere. You can get a candle that smells like bacon. Uh, apple cider donut, banana nut bread. I've got some of the bourbon-soaked raisin ones in my house, and they smell fantastic. It doesn't hurt that I love raisins, and I'm also pretty partial to bourbon. But still, amazing scents, and you're going to find something that you, that you like. I've got the link over on the Facebook page for Old World Lumiere Candle Company. Support them and let them know that you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. There's a lot of people that are going to bang their hands on the desk and be real angry and stuff. What we're going to do is find the ways that God is working in all of this trouble and turmoil. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? We'll go over history, we'll go over the news of the day, and I'm probably going to make some jokes about 80s cartoons. The Mark Harvard Podcast. You never know what you're going to get, but if you don't listen, you don't get anything. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and online at MarkHarvardCreative.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and online at MarkHarvardCreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Welcome back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. So happy to have you here. Don't forget to go by and like us and... um, Follow us and heart us and leave reviews on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. That helps out so much when it comes to spreading the word about what we do here at the podcast. You can also subscribe to us over on YouTube. We've got a brand new YouTube channel. We're starting to slowly move in there, but it helps us with uh, that process. If you go by and just go ahead and subscribe now. So just look up the Mark Harvard Podcast over on YouTube. There should be like one or two videos there. Watch those, please. Give us a thumbs up there and subscribe that helps immensely. So thanks for all your support there. I asked the question uh, um, earlier today uh, over on the Facebook page um, about your favorite TV marriage. And I say this because RelevantMagazine.com just put out seven best television marriages of all time. This is a list, and I have on purpose not looked at this list yet because I want you guys to experience it with me. I want you guys to see how uh, how I react to some of these things and hope and maybe you'll react the same way. So we're going down and they're saying for every decade certain shows have broken the mainstream to portray marriage as not only desirable but admirable. And in the past 50 years, one from each decade 
They wanted to see how it went. So in the 1960s, that's where we're starting, 1960s, Rob and Laura Petrie from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Yeah, I'll give you that one. It's classic. It's um, it's um, it's it's one of those that it it shows a good relationship. It's not really a, a subservient relationship as much as as just they they were partners in life. They're just getting through. So 1970s, Bob and Emily Hartley from the Bob Newhart Show, which was tied in to the to the show Newhart in the final episode of Newhart and was fantastic. 1980s George and Louis, and Louise Jefferson from the Jeffersons. You know, and here's the thing about that show because I, I actually do remember remember that. Uh it was first sitcom to enter an interracial couple, but they always moved together. George and Louise always moved together no matter what they were doing, tackling tough issues like alcoholism, illiteracy, uh even gun control. They never shied away from that, but they also were were funny. And they seemed they seemed to really love each other. The depiction was that these two, no matter what happened, no matter how you know successful they got, no matter how you know bad things happened, they were always in love and always together. So yeah, I'll give you that. Thick and thin, that's it. 1990s Homer and Marge Simpson. Now, yes, it's animated, and yes, Homer is quite inept at everything he does. So. You've got to think, why is this on the on the list? Well, no matter what happens in that show, it all comes back to Marge and Homer. They love each other. They're happy in spite of obstacles. You know, when when you know, no matter how bad Homer messes up, Marge always has that moment she where, you know, she kind of, oh, homie, and and you know, what tries to take care of him and fix it and everything like that. It's also uh the longest running marriage on television. Because of how many seasons they've been on, yeah. Uh, look at the 2000s, Eric and Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Um, I never watched this show. My mother actually really got into this one. I never watched it, so I've got no insight on it. Um, moving on uh, to the 2010s, Dre and Rainbow Johnson from Blackish. That's also a show I haven't haven't watched because here's the thing: by that point, I had started streaming, and I you know I hadn't really gotten into a lot of that, and that was still on on network TV. So I never, and I think there have been a couple of other spinoffs that I still haven't seen. I've completely checked out of that world by now. And also, number the 2020s, Wanda and Vision from WandaVision. That's messed up, man. Because he was dead. <laughs> she used, you know, she used uh, red magic to, or chaos magic to, to bring this guy back from the dead. And the whole thing was about her completely losing her mind. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess they they loved each other, but a lot of people they, and even they're and they're even acknowledging that in this in this article they're saying few would have picked this MCU spinoff about a magical sorceress and sorceress and her synthetic groom to be as smart, affecting, or deeply emotional as it ended up being. I'll give you that. But Wanda and Vision are one of the more real couples we've seen on TV in recent years. Of course, it was helped by the fact that it very plainly took its cues from a lot of marriages portrayed on this. Now. If you haven't watched this show, almost every episode was from a different TV genre. Like one episode was from the Dick Van Dyke slash Leave It to Beaver Leave It to Beaver uh, show. One episode was from obviously Family Ties. One episode was from obviously Modern Family. So you had a throwback to other stable, healthy relationships as the show went on. But uh, but yeah, what so what 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 are other marriages that uh, that that I'm that they're leaving out? 
What are some of the other, I'm actually consulting the Google, right, as we go. The, uh, I'm going over to another list. Uh, list. This is called bestlifeonline.com, and it's the top 50 best TV couples of all time. And there's some, there is some overlap. Uh, Edith and Archie Bunker, All in the Family, Monica and Chandler, Monica and Chandler from Friends, uh, Dave and Maddie from Moonlighting, although they weren't married, uh, Lucy and Ricky from I Love Lucy. Eh, I don't know. There were some other issues with that with that couple. So, what what are your favorite TV marriages? Leave those over on the uh, over on the Facebook page. I'd love to love to re- kind of guess. I guess gauge where our our our, um, our our listeners are. Are, are as far as their TV viewing and their habits and all that. So, uh, so yeah, good stuff. Okay, so I, before I, before we get out of here, I did want to take a moment to uh, to discuss this. Um, and I say this coming out of the gate as the son of a teacher, the brother of a teacher, a lot of educators in my family, um, a lot of teachers that that have well enough for me to know that it's not about the money. It's not about the retirement. Okay, it's a little bit about about the retirement. The retirement's nice. But uh, it's not about any of those things, really, unless you've got a passion for teaching kids and for helping kids become better people. You will not last in that occupation if you don't have that. So this news came out of Rigby, Idaho this week when a student opened fire at an Idaho middle school. This is not high school. This is middle school. Christina Netling, a teacher... She, she got a lot of kids to safety, and then she rushed to help a wounded victim and then calmly disarmed the sixth-grade shooter. And that is it's incredibly brave. And the walkthrough basically said that the police said a sixth-grade girl brought the handgun in her backpack and shot two people inside the school and one outside. All three were wounded in their limbs and released from the hospital within a couple of days, so that, you know, bullets went right through. Uh, Netling said she was trying to help one of the students who had been shot when she saw the girl holding the gun. She told the wounded student to stay still and approach the sixth grader. She said it was a little girl, and my brain couldn't quite grasp that. I just knew that I saw that gun. I had to get the gun. She asked the girl, are you the shooter? And then walked closer, putting her hand on the child's arm and sliding it down to the gun. She said, I just slowly pulled the gun out of her hand, and she allowed me to. She didn't give it to me, but she didn't fight. And then after I got the gun, I just pulled her into a hug because I thought this little girl has a mom somewhere that doesn't realize she's having a breakdown and she's hurting people. Netling held the girl, consoling her until police arrived. Then after a while, the girl started talking to her, and she said, I could tell she was very unhappy. I just kept hugging her and loving her and trying to let her know that we're going to get through this together. I do believe that my being there helped her because she calmed down. So once police got there, Netling told the girl that an officer would need to put her in handcuffs and that the child and the child complied. She didn't respond. She just let him. She said he was very gentle and very kind, and she just went ahead and took her and placed her in the police car. The girl has been charged in the shooting, but because juvenile court proceedings are kept sealed in Idaho, neither her name nor her, the nature of the charges has been released. And, and I, honestly, at this point, that's a whole different story. What I want to what I want to focus on right now is the not just the bravery of that teacher because yeah that teacher saved a bunch more lives that day just by keeping a cool head and a calmness to her she actually saved a bunch of people but the other side of it is the compassion because she realized it's just a little girl granted it's a little girl doing some bad stuff and people got hurt people could have been killed 
I get that. But I think about what I had going through my head in the sixth grade, and I'm not sure that I would have totally wrapped my head around those consequences. And I'm not totally sure that I would have understood the severity of my actions. Now, granted, there is a disconnect somewhere. Somewhere that little girl went off the rails, and you got to deal with that. But in that moment, instead of grabbing the gun and tackling her, instead of you know doing something that was absolutely going to make her become the criminal that she was going to be looked at as, the, the teacher hugged her because she knew that that healthy people don't do stuff like this. That people that are are sane don't do things like this. So there's something that's going on with this little girl. And so the teacher decided, you know what? Let's deal with that. Let's deal with, deal with what brought her to this point of bringing a gun to school. So, yeah, my, uh, my hat's off to this teacher. Miss Netling, good job. I Yeah, way to go. Uh, hopefully there are more teachers out there like that. You know, we all, it's one of those things where we always hope we would act a certain way in a certain situation, but you never know until you get there. You ever, you ever have one of those, those situations? Yeah, man. All right. Um, once again, let me just invite you and remind you to, uh, to go follow us over on YouTube. We're going to do some cool stuff this summer there, but, uh, to keep up with it, you've got to hit that little bell icon on YouTube and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, don't forget, leave reviews for this podcast over on Google Podcasts, over on Apple Podcasts. Like it, leave a review. That helps us out immensely. And uh, be sure to share with friends. Please do. That's how we grow this thing, get, do some cool stuff. I've actually got some cool interviews coming up in the very near future that you're really going to want to be able to tell your friends, you know what, I turned you on to that podcast. So that's cool stuff. That's coming up in just a few in the meantime, have a fantastic week. My voice made it through the podcast. I am ecstatic. And out. The Mark Harvard Podcast.